is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome back to Blue by 90. I'm Justin Rowe. I am joined here by Kaylin and Jack. And it is the Sunday morning after Michigan just got the shit beat out of them by Wisconsin in their own stadium. And the rain was pouring down in the fourth quarter on Jim Harbaugh. And he looked like he wanted to just crawl into a hole and die. And so that was fun to watch. I really enjoyed last night's game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am hungover as shit because there was you had to drink like heavily to watch that football game. Dude, I had just no adrenaline going and I couldn't even like I couldn't even get drunk if I wanted to. The game was so <laughs> fucking miserable. I was just sitting there like this is just god awful. I'm sitting there trying to drink my liquor and get the team going, but I could you know, I, I just couldn't get it done. I mean it was what a piss poor effort. Yeah, I I made the mistake of of drinking too early, and then I was like, all right, I'll take a I'll take a little break in the first quarter here. So I'm like sipping on a sprite, and then I'm like, oh gosh, I like if I start drinking now, it's just gonna be bad. You know what? Michigan has that is where they've crossed the line officially. Where when we can't even get a buzz because of them, that is where I draw the line. Honestly, so. <laughs> you're ruining my weekend. You're ruining my weekend. I can't even get drunk. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's next level. So also, Jack, I want you to apologize to us and to our <laughs> listeners because I, I apologize for saying that you had any faith in this football team and program last week. You predicted Michigan to win, and now you just look like an asshole. You know what? I'll half apologize, okay? Because I am the only person to predict that Wisconsin was going to score in the 40s. The fact that you guys had faith and we're getting my hopes up about this defense should is laughable. It's laughable to me. So I'll half apologize for thinking Michigan could score 40. I don't know. Maybe if Cade would have started the game, might maybe would have had a shot there. We'll see. It turns out we're all idiots. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> like we didn't know that before. Um, I, I will say, like, Yes, Wisconsin scored, you know, 49 points. And honestly, if they would have tried in the second half, they could have scored 70 if they wanted to. Um, but they ran out of the clock, essentially, um, from the halftime on. Um, I also thought, though, that this defense, even with giving up that much, like they played better than they did against Indiana and Michigan State, um, at least in the secondary. The yeah. the um, the front seven our linebackers are so fucking bad, man. Josh Ross and Cam McGrone, who we thought were going to be like leaders of this defense going into the season, are so bad. Um, Dax Hill, the safety, led the team in tackles yesterday. How does that happen? And they weren't even passing all over. It wasn't like they, they were you know, passing the ball so much that he had to uh, make tackles on that. He's tackling the, the ball carrier, the running back. I mean, I feel like it's not even – I'm not even going to say that the lineback, linebackers are that bad. I'm not going to say they're great. But we've seen it year in, year out from Don Brown. Over-pursuit on defense has killed us 
every fucking big game. And we saw that last night on the fucking reverses. How many times do we kill in those reverses or wide receiver um, or the fucking jet sweeps or jet whatever. sweeps going around the corner? And they're just there's like four guys blocking two dudes. Like, what is going on? I mean, they killed us in the rushing game. It was like 300. They had 341 rushing yards. There the were secondary four guys actually, that had 65 yards or more. Yes. The, like you said, the secondary dude. actually did play well. They only let up 127 passing yards. But yeah, it's a, it's fucking it's just a mess on defense. So in terms of over pursuit too, like I remember one play where they did the uh, Wisconsin did like the the play action um, bootleg and then kind of let the the tight end slip out or fullback slip out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching, so it was Luigi Villane had had the edge there, and I don't blame him because his responsibility is to try and get to the quarterback there. But it was him and Josh Ross both bit on the play action. And Josh Ross's responsibility is that tight end. And so the play action went to the other side of the field. Like, why are you biting? Because even if the, he does give it there, you're not going to make the play on the whole other side of the field. And so there's literally no reason for you to bite. And then this tight end, I can't remember if it was a tight end or a fullback, but he's wide open with Luigi Villain and Josh Ross in no man's land. And it's just like, that sums it all up, man. You, you're caught in no man's land after biting on a bad play action fake. And now they have a wide open guy that I think he got it down to like the, I don't know, two yard line or something at that point. But it's, I mean, that was the one specific one I remember, but like, there's probably a thousand other examples of that. Yeah. And if, and if you're looking at that, at least from my perspective, that's 100% on Don Brown and the coaching, right? Like you're, you're teaching that you're setting up the plays. You're telling them where they're supposed to be. If, if Don Brown's not gone by Monday morning, I will be just completely shocked. I mean, it's, it's just, it's way past out of control at this point. Just see if there's another young guy that can step up and do something to just try and salvage the season at some point. But I feel like there's no reason to waste your time with Don Brown right now. Yeah, from the moment the game started, I mean, I think the keys to the game were, were something like come out fast, score quick, um, and, you know, get your guys in space, some things like that. Um, and just from the moment the game started, it was, became very clear that Jim Harbaugh and his coaching staff had absolutely not, no idea what to do and no response for anything that happened during the game. So, I mean, something needs to change, and it needs to change fast if you want any, any option to you know, salvage the season. And then to make matters worse, I think there were something like 20 recruits on campus yesterday or at the game, whatever. If you're, if you're Donovan Edwards, and I believe he was there as well, because um, I think he had a game. He scored like six touchdowns or something in the first half of his game. Yeah. He's unbelievable. <laughs> dude, the dude is in the playoffs, I think. For, is he West Bloomfield, I believe? West Bloomfield, um, yeah. Yeah, he's just a stud, like a game changer. So if you're there, even if he wasn't there and he's watching on, on TV or whatever, Hassan Haskins had one carry last night. One carry. Zach Charbonnet had three. Quorum had seven. So I want to know, like, if you're Josh Gaddis and you're trying to pitch Donovan Edwards, like, what's your pitch? Hey, man, I know I saw you scored six touchdowns uh, tonight in your game. 
we aren't even going to give you six carries at Michigan. So don't, don't plan on, on scoring that much. Like how do you, if I believe that Hassan Haskins is probably the best, he's been the most consistent uh, back for us this year. And even at the end of last year, it was obvious he was the most consistent. He's, he, he rushes for eight yards a carry. He, that's his average this year. He has 21 carries on the season. How many, how many running backs across the country yesterday probably had 21 or more carries in the game? And he has that in four games. I just, what's the game plan? What is, Josh Gaddis, what are you doing? There's li- like, there is literally no game plan going into any of these games. I mean, if I'm if I'm Gaddis and I'm trying to pitch Donovan Edwards, I say I'm I'm with you, bro. You gotta you gotta put Haskins in right now. He's the number one guy. He's averaging the most yards per carry, and it's it's crazy to me that he's not getting more time right there. But also, what I do think he's doing a good job of is getting Quorum in the game. He's a freshman. He's playing right away, and I think Quorum clearly is the next best guy, if not the number one guy, because of his versatility and what we've seen him do on the field. Sorry, Charbonnet. Sorry, Chris Evans, but you got to take a back seat for Haskins and Coram right now because that's the only way we're going to get more running back recruits because there's only two guys getting carries, and it shows that young guys are able to get in. That that's what I would do if I was with Dennis. I mean, yeah, I'm glad to see the young guys get in, but I, I am also like constantly scratching my head, like, what the fuck is the game plan, like? Why are we lining up on the goal line on fourth down in oh, the shotgun to run like put him under center and fall? He's what six, the fuck? six five, foot five, forty fucking pounds, dude. What a fucking like when when he was sitting there in a the shotgun at fourth and goal. I'm sitting. Everybody at home had to be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Tom Brady is what six foot two, 150 pounds, the and most goes unathletic guy ever. And and every time he gets it, and you can't put the biggest fucking dude at quarterback in college football under center to get this much yardage. I mean, what are you thinking? I, and Jim Harbaugh, you're got to be on the sidelines seeing this and go time out, fucking go under center, Joe and fall. Like what the fuck are we doing here? This is so ridiculous. I, I have no and, and idea. Like, okay. So last week against Indiana, we completely abandoned the run game of Joe Milton, right? He, I don't think he had any carries, uh, not on scrambles. Uh, last week versus Indiana. And now this week it was like four or five times they ran just, you know, Joe Milton QB draw to the right or QB draw to the left. It didn't work any of those times and they still continue to do it. And I'm like, all right, yes, good job for running the ball with Joe Milton, but let's run a read option. Like every other fast paced offense in America. Like it's, I don't understand what the, with a, a, a QB draw works if you have a great offensive line and you have guys blocking in front of you. But at least run a read option where he can read the defensive end and make a play and you have to like actually put some pressure on the defense. Um, I don't understand. And then as far as the game call, game plan, game call, play calling goes, how about just in the second quarter, we're down 21 nothing, 28 nothing. I can't even remember Fuck. what it was. It's third and eight. And they run an off tackle with Blake Corum <laughs> uh, behind an offensive line that has literally not shown anything. That to me was like, well, we're already down. We're giving up. We're just running the clock out, trying to get out of here, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and going back to that, like, I think there was a minute left for a drive. The clock management was fucking awful. You're down 21, nothing, like you said, and you're not even trying to get points. I think Milton wasted 
20, 30 seconds on one fucking play? He like ran, he tried to run the ball and like, or, or he was trying to look downfield, but he was way out of the pocket, could have easily thrown it out of bounds and just stopped the clock, but he lets himself get taken down to keep the clock running. I mean, that, I think that's on Milton, but still, if you're Harbaugh, I think there was a timeout left, call a timeout, give you guys a chance to fucking score. Yeah, I mean, maybe you guys know more than me here, but doesn't you, doesn't the play caller have like a play sheet that says like third and more than six yards, third and long, these are the kinds of plays that we can run, right? Why is that even an option? <laughs> Why are you running that play if you're third and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. There. So, so you should. So you have uh, what a play caller has is essentially uh, a down and distance. Essentially, it, it's you have. You know, if it's third and within, you know, seven to eleven yards, seven to twelve yards, you can run these plays because it'll get you past the sticks. Um, and so that, yeah, that play should not be on there. It should be on that play is a first and ten, you know, second and five type play. I. It, it, so <laughs> maybe maybe the problem is that Josh Gaddis never called plays before coming to Michigan, and we just gave him the offense. I think that's – and everyone was so pissed at Harbaugh, you know, being a terrible play caller, too conservative, all this stuff. But, like, I, I mean, let's go back to him. I, I, I don't know. Let fucking <laughs> anybody call the plays. You and I could call the plays right now. Like, 100%. Uh, Dude, that's what I said. I was like – this game feels like I'm playing NCAA on a difficult, on the like easy difficulty. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we gave Gaddis a chance because he came from Alabama, right? He's a season and a half under his belt. If he doesn't do anything or prove anything this year, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I think Tom Brown's gone. We don't know about Harbaugh. I think he'll probably still be around, but you got to get rid of the coordinators. There needs to be a change. If you want to get anything in recruiting, there has to be some sort of some sort of something to, to show them that, hey, we're trying to change to make things better. And clearly these are two things that have been going wrong and we're, and we're trying to do something to get it get it going the other direction. And in, in speaking of the play calling and the play sheets, so how, it, how most coaches have, they have a list of plays that they want to start out the game with. Um, so it's like this whole thing, you know, you have your first 15 plays. Last week versus Indiana, they went three and out first three drives. And and they and this week it was two interceptions to start, right? It, mm-hmm. And so like that's on Gaddis, in my opinion. Obviously the Joe Millen interception was one of the worst throws of of all time. Ever seen, um, yeah. But like that's on Gaddis to me. If th- those are the first fifteen plays of your script that you like are like these those are your go to plays. We practice these all week. We think that these can definitely work. And in back to back weeks those plays did you so much damage and did not work in the least bit. So to me, that's on Josh Gaddis. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about we we were talking about it right before. Let's talk about some bright spots on the defensive side of the ball at least. Um, the secondary, like you said, Kalen, Vince Gray, and Jamon Green did decent. Hey, you know Vince Gray must have been listening to our podcast and listening to everybody going like, oh, these guys suck, right? And then he's like, no, I, I can do this job. And he kind of stepped up. He made a number of plays. I was happy to see that. Yeah, same, same. I mean, we can go back to it too. I think secondary played really well, really well. Just too bad that the D-line and linebackers couldn't 
couldn't be on the same page with them. I mean, it's just one thing hits and everything misses. It's it, nothing's ever on the same page. I mean, we knew that the D line, especially with Quiddy out now, along with Aiden, was going to struggle, right? And actually, I thought uh, I thought Carlo Kemp played decently for just play, you know, being thrown into a DN spot when he's played mm-hmm. in the middle his whole career. Um, I, he had a sack. He had our first sack in two and a half <laughs> games. So I mean, what else can you ask from the guy? You know, um, yeah. they they were pretty close. Him and Luigi were like decently close to getting the Graham Mertz a few times. Um, but, and we knew Wisconsin has always had a good running game. Their offensive line is probably one of the top in the country. Um, but it was like every single run was an easy five, six, seven yards, even in the fourth quarter when Wisconsin had been trying to run the ball out since, you know, halfway through the second quarter, essentially, and everybody in the world knows it's a run. They're still getting eight yards a pop easy. Oh yeah. Like you, I mean, Michigan wasn't even trying to like get eight guys in the box and stop that. It was like, all right, you can do whatever. And like you said, with the over pursuit, how many of the speed sweeps at like, it was just so easy. Like you said, Kalen, it looked like they were playing on Madden um, or, or NCAA in easy mode. Yeah. And I mean, credit where it's due too. I honestly loved some of the play calling from Paul Christ. Uh, I mean, he was moving like the tight end and fullback like around pre uh, pre snap. I was kind of like, oh, that's that's getting a little creative for Wisconsin there. And then with a lot more passing than I think I've seen in the past from their program, they show a lot of promise to me. So I look forward to seeing like Wisconsin maybe playing like in Ohio State uh, in a championship game. Go Badgers. Big Badger fans over here. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Jump around. (laughs) I, I think, like, uh, to your point, Kalen, what Paul Chris was doing on offense is what Jim Harbaugh would love to be. He mm-hmm. would love to pound it down your throat like they do, but then also be a little creative with that, with the tight ends and the, and the fullbacks and the speed sweeps and stuff like that. Like, um, that is what Jim Harbaugh wanted to do. And he wanted Shea Patterson to be Graham Mertz, too, um, where when you do throw the ball, he, you know, he throws the ball well and can get on the run and does all that stuff. But Michigan so far from that, it's not even funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, as Michigan fans, too, you got to understand, right, Wisconsin's never going to beat Ohio State, right? So uh, we, we can be fine. You know, it, it sounds good saying, like, you know, Michigan could try to run that offense and they could win a number of games with that offense. But as we've seen... It, you're you're not going to beat Ohio State, especially not when I have Justin Fields, right? So I mean, it's not it's the problem with that offense in the year 2020 is Ohio State scores on like three or four play drives, right? right. They just get the the ball down the field so quickly, and Wisconsin, in order for them to score, it takes them six seven minutes, uh, and that was what you're seeing from in 2016, 17, and 18 from Jim Harbaugh um, was. It, it goes really well when you're playing ahead and you can take your time and, and everything like that. But as soon as you get down in any of those games, you're still taking too much time off the clock to come back in any type of fashion. Right. Yeah. It requires like perfect execution as well. Right. There's no room for error. Right. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, let's go. I, I, I shot it out on, on Twitter 
um, you know, to, to ask uh, some, some of our followers some questions, what, wh- what kind of questions they have uh, for us. Um, the first one was, why does this football program just get off on hurting and causing pain to the fans? So um, I, I don't know. Is, is Jim Harbaugh, like, is that his kink? Is he, like, they, this football program, they, like, love to hurt people and know that we are we have broken hearts? <laughs> sure, it sure, it sure as hell feels like it, man. Michigan football needs to start in OnlyFans and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I, suddenly I'm a, I'm a masochist, right? That's why I root for Michigan. Yeah, I mean, our, our, I was going to say another another good question that was on here, not to cut you guys off, but it says, who gets fired first? Who do you guys got? Has to be Don Brown. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to fire anybody until the end of the season because, like, what what do you do? Then, you know, midway, what do you do without a defensive coordinator, I guess? change, man. Right. I don't know. It can't get any worse. You're not wrong. But I, I still don't think they do it because Michigan doesn't have the nuts to do that. <laughs> um, but it has to be Don Brown. Has to be. Yeah, I, I say get rid of them all. I'm like, dude, you could go down the list, right? Get rid of Sean Nua. Get rid of Don Brown. Yeah, all three of them. I mean, shit. I brought this on here, right? I don't know if you guys have read this book, Extreme Ownership, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, right? Chapter two of the book is called. No bad teams, only bad leaders, okay? This is about how Navy SEALs win in battle. Uh, Just a brief excerpt here. When it comes to standards, as a leader, it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. When setting expectations, no matter what has been said or written, if substandard performance is accepted and no one is held accountable, if there are no consequences, that poor performance becomes the new standard. Thus, Jim Harbaugh has accepted mediocrity as the standard for Michigan football. So until we get rid of Jim Harbaugh, this is what you're going to see. I mean, we saw Urban Meyer talk about it. What was it? Big noon kickoff. He had a whole spiel. He was like, there's three things. And if, you know, if you if you set a certain standard and um, or set a certain expectation and you're not meeting that in practice and training and all this stuff and you're allowing it to be lower than what than what your goals are then you're that that's a problem and that's why you end up one in three you know i mean it's i'm with you i I don't want to put it all on harbaugh because it's clearly i mean yes he is the leader of the program and ultimately it it falls on him but man i mean don brown josh gaddis sean nua all those guys i mean they they can't they can't be ignored there either yeah well he hired him right true these are guys he he put in positions to he succeed. Did. And he evidently didn't make it clear to them what the standards were that they need to hold their employees to or, you know, their players to. Yeah. So, you know, starts from that, the top. That um, so your your point to this for the standards, that was very apparent to me when I believe it was in 2018 when Michigan got housed by Ohio State at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they were technically like co big 10 East champions. Right. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh gave all the players shirts that said co big 10 East champions after they got beat by 30 against Ohio state. Nick and, Saban would never do that. <laughs> never. 
Urban Meyer would, Urban Meyer would, would like no fucking chance, dude. He'd, so, he'd buy the shirts, throw them on the field, and then burn them in the middle of the field <laughs> and say, you guys don't fucking deserve to be here. Exactly. So, like, to me, that right there is setting the standard. Like, we're proud of getting the shit kicked out of us by our rival for the seventh year in a row mm-hmm. and uh, not making the Big Ten championship. We're proud of 10-2. and two. Um, and ten and two, great. That's yeah. a, it's a great record. But if that's your standard, if that's an accomplishment, then that's not good. No Michigan fan is ever going to say yes. It's a, it was a great year. We got beat by thirty by Ohio State. You know that it's never never going to be the case. Um, and so like, I I think ten and three, ten and two, yeah, that's that's good. It's a it's a great measurement. Um, but when you, when you still end up at the end of the year, not in a championship, not even in a, in a, in a position to win, to play for a championship, then that is not an accomplishment. And so that's the standard that has been set now is that nine and three, 10 and three, those are, are our best years. Um, and anything less than that is, you know, that's like an, when, when you start, that's when Jim Harbaugh is like, oh yeah, we had a tough year. We went eight and four instead of nine and three. You know, like it, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, in the press conference after the game, I guess he was saying like, we need to reevaluate everything, like every facet of this program. Yeah. I hope, I hope <laughs> no that <shit>. that's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing he's reevaluating, right? What standard am I setting for my coaches? What standard are those coaches setting for the players? Because Evidently, that bar needs to be raised way higher. Mm-hmm. To me, a lot of it is just seeing that these players couldn't give two shits about playing for the coaches. They, it's there's. I watched Wisconsin that are they like I I even I I was watching Tom Allen yesterday, Indiana's head coach versus Michigan State. These guys are obviously they had a good game and they're they're rolling you know top ten team in the nation four and zero all this stuff, but though he's like hugging his guys he's you know jumping up going crazy it looks like those players love to play for him and they're there and they're like this is our leader we believe in what he's doing I don't think even even in 2018 I'm not sure that everyone's believing in what Jim Harbaugh is selling as far as the players go. And so I want to see a player's coach out there sometime. I I look at Juwan Howard and I know that every single one of those guys loves him. He's like one of the boys, like on a Saturday night, they're probably hanging out with Juwan Howard at the crib, like playing NCAA playing, you know, Fortnite, whatever they're doing. And (laughs) like, it's just the disconnect there from Jim Harbaugh to his players is so apparent and I it's that's what's more concerning than just like talent development and all that stuff um, because you can be a, a great X's and O's guy which I still believe Jim Harbaugh is he has shown that he knows how to play the game of football but it's when it's you when you're not getting the best out of your players that's where it's the bigger problem especially at the college level when it's 18 to 22 year old guys in the NFL, those guys are responsible for themselves. Those players are responsible for themselves. Um, and, and you're trying to, you know, put them in an X's and O's position to, to win. But at the, at the college level with these younger guys, you have to mold their minds and have them play for you. 
And I want a player's coach. So fuck it. Jim Harbaugh, you're, you're, you're out in my mind. We need to go find somebody out there who's going to have their guys playing for them. And I, I think something where – and I'm – I'm still not on the get Harbaugh out of town. I, I think there can be smaller changes made where he can regain the trust of his team and, and you know, all that, all that shit. So let me put you guys in a scenario. Let's say, I mean, if I was a player on that defense and we're continuing to get burned and burned and burned every game and, you know, feeling like we're not being set up for success with the plays that we're running or, or what it may be. If, if my head coach was like, you know what? fuck this. I'm sick of seeing you guys taking all this shit, not being able to produce because of you're not being set up for success. I'm getting rid of this fucking defensive coordinator and we're going to bring somebody else in to help you guys out. I mean, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. I can rally around. I can rally back around this coach and let's put some faith in some other guy. There's, there's things that can happen this season to get these guys, you know, feeling good again and get some and sort the of recruits momentum too. And the recruits hundred percent. I mean, even watching the game last night, if that would have been Milton who went on a drive that that Cade McNamara had, where, where he had those four beautiful passes to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, did you see how hyped those players got around him? Yeah. And Mikey Samer still? I mean, if Milton did it, I think they'd be glad they scored, but you don't see that level of excitement. The momentum was there. The momentum was there to get guys feeling like they're going in the right direction. They still could have lost that game. But if you're if you're pushing a little bit and make a little bit of moves, it's almost like that Penn State second half we saw last year. Momentum's being gained and changes are happening and you can feel good going into the next week. So I mean, I think there's little changes that can be made. I think I think moving forward McNamara is going to be the going to be the starter. And I think if you can if you get rid of Don Brown, I think that brings a little bit more of, you know, hey, we can we can gain some momentum here. At least the guys can feel good about going out to play and not feeling like, oh shit, well, let's get shit on again, you know, and just have a shitty fucking week. You know, I, I think there's little things that can happen that can get this program feeling good again, to get the fan base feeling good again, and then start looking towards 2021. That's a great point, actually, Jack, because after that Cade McNamara drive, the defense was a little bit more fired up mm-hmm. and they even came out playing just Better Everything all was around. great, and then we fucking run into the kicker, and then it's like... Don't even get me started on running into the kicker. <laughs> that is what the biggest fucking... What are you doing? You're down fucking, fucking 30 points. And I, I, I see that side of it, too. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, th- there was momentum. Like, okay, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm going to go with your point here. We, offense was had momentum. Defense stopped them. Don't even fucking go for the block. Just play no. field, punt, punt. Punt return safe. Don't let him get a first down. Get him off the field. Let the offense keep rolling. But I'm going to go off on this running into the kicker (laughs) penalty for a fucking second. If a quarterback is in the action of throwing a ball, even after he releases it, a a, a lineman or whoever can still hit him. You're telling me a kicker can't get fucking hit when he's still up in the air after kicking the ball? It's the biggest joke of a call and a joke of a penalty of of a rule I've ever seen. This is fucking football. This is football. They're kickers, bro. I don't care. They're football players. <laughs> if they if they can't get hit, take them out of the fucking game. I don't care. I I literally couldn't like that makes me so fucking mad. I I like. I'm not gonna disagree with you. I don't disagree either. It's, it's like it's, roughing it's, the kicker. I I get well, it. Keep it. It's a different penalty, right? But running into the kicker, you're giving no. You're you're basically saying don't block the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should really in. just dress up the kicker in a big dress. Yeah, why even put pads on him if he can't get fucking hit? I agree. Because 
Yeah, the it really is the only shot for you to to block it is to have a perfect thing where you get in front of the ball and hit it, hit the ball, and then hit them. Because if you're blocking a punt, you're almost always going to hit the kicker after, right? Hundred percent. And so you have to touch the ball, otherwise you're going to run into them. Um, but I understand, like, okay, you had a touchdown. You're trying to make a play if you're like going for it. Uh, you know, obviously if they block that, it's like a big momentum thing, but you just got them off. Like nothing has gone right for you all game. And so yeah. you just, you finally get this Wisconsin team off the field after they've fucking scored 38 straight points, whatever they did. And like you have a quarterback that just threw four, went four for four, drove them down through nice. beautiful passes, like get some momentum, like be smart a, a little bit of, of, from this coaching staff. I, 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 it blows my mind, man. Like you're overthinking these things. It's the same thing with running a fucking shotgun on the six inch line. It's the same thing with, with running a, a wildcat formation and having Hassan Haskins throw the ball on the goal line, you know, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it, you're overthinking, just play fucking football. Yeah. yeah. It's a, go ahead, Kale. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like that, comes back to coaching a little bit, right? Because the 100%. special teams coordinator is Jay Harbaugh, who I'm sorry, I've, I've actually heard some good things about Jay Harbaugh as a running backs coach, and he has had a lot of success recruiting, right? Zach Charbonnet and Blake Corum. But as far as I know, Jay Harbaugh never played football. And what, will you just learn through osmosis and become a great coach? He would like, not have a job if his last name wasn't Harbaugh. Right. Let's be honest. This is nepotism. Get out of there and hire a real coach. Like and 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 with this too, I mean, football's a team fucking game, right? If you're the special teams coordinator, it, it seems like they're like, you know what, guys, this is our time. Let's go fucking like make a big play. It's like, no, hey guys, let's set up the offense. Just had a huge drive last last drive with Cade. Got a whole lot of momentum. Defense made a fucking three and out. I think the only one all game. Let's just let's have a good punt return. Don't even go for the block. Don't need any penalties. Let's get the ball and let the offense do their thing, right? I mean, what a fucking just I'm hundred percent with you guys. What a what a fucking joke. Terrible play call. You're not setting the team up for success there. And and like you said, I think you said this uh earlier, Kalen, but why is Jim Harbaugh not hearing that on his headset? Yes, we're going for the putt block and saying, no, no, we're not. Yeah. No, we're fucking not. Same thing with, with running Joe Milton in the shotgun at, on the six-inch line. If he hears Josh Gaddis call that play, why does he not come, you know, jump in and say, hey, let's run it under fucking center, dude? Um, like, uh, I, I mean, it comes back to me, like, every single thing comes back to Harbaugh for me. And, and I, like you said, Jack, I hate to shit on him for everything because you can only control so much. Um, but, like, there's these things where if you're the head coach, you make the final decision. And if you're, you're, you're setting yourself – he there were so many times where, like, Michigan <laughs> would make a, a mistake or things would go wrong and the, the camera would pan to Jim Harbaugh. And he's just, like, looking up at the scoreboard, looking around, like, <laughs> with no, no, like – he's like, oh, that was weird. That didn't work. Huh. You know? I'm, and I'm just like, dude – what are you where are where's your head where i i don't i can't even get the words out i'm like speechless here because 
he just looks so lost. And I'm like, you're a good football coach. You know what's going on. You've done this before. How many times? Why can't you put this together? So Sorry, questions, no answers. answers. I'm not yeah. even like asking questions. I don't. I I'm I'm like ready to break shit. Like I have no answers either. <laughs> I I want to say I'm so numb to all of this, and I I am at times, and then like I start thinking about it, and I'm just like, dude, I just want to fucking punch my my wall right now. Well, let's yeah. let's bring it back to some positives here. Bright spot number two. What do you guys think about Cade McNamara? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He dude he came out there, he threw like four dimes, like you said. I mean He didn't do as well in the second uh second drive. Yeah. But but the thing that I noticed more than anything was his confidence on these throws. It's not like he had huge windows. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna trust that receiver. I trust my arm that I can get it in the right spot and they'll be able to make a play. And it happened four fucking straight times. That was the thing but, too, right? He gave him he gave the receivers an opportunity to make a play. Love to see that. 100%. But didn't you see the same thing from Joe Milton in week, week one? He had oh. so much comp- – you didn't see that confidence? Oh, confidence-wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in one – like that? Not, I mean, being able to throw a deep ball and fucking get it? I mean – Well, that's a – dude, <laughs> how many how many deep balls is he going to overthrow, man? Like, fuck, man. Blake Corum's Blake wide Corum's the I fuck fucking – I could have – I was telling Kalen before we got on. I could have thrown that ball a mile – well, I couldn't do it, but Milton could have thrown that ball a mile fucking high, let it sit up there for 10 seconds, and Corm could have sat in the end zone with nobody around him and still fucking caught it. Like, just set your receiver up to be able to catch the fucking ball, man. And that's that's on him. That is 100% on him. Dude, that's I actually – I put a lot of that on the coaching staff. How? Because – It's throwing okay, a football. Here you go. Joe Milton – out of high school, his completion percentage is 47.4% in high school. So you knew you were getting a guy who was super inaccurate. But you thought, you said, I am a great football coach. I can make this guy accurate. You but can make not, guys accurate. It's not even a tough throw, though. That's you what can I'm make, saying. Well, I mean, I'm literally, saying, he could have thrown, he could have fucking kicked the ball if he wanted it to and done better. I mean, well, he could have thrown it left-handed. It was, uh, the, I, I, was I, wide open. I agree with Jack here, dude. Like, the coaching staff set that play up perfectly, right? Like, what more can you ask for? I under, I'm not going to excuse his his mistake on the field, but I'm saying that how can you have this guy who we already knew he was inaccurate, right? How did you – and you, you mean to tell me you spent two years working on accuracy with this guy, and then you said his accuracy has improved so much. Sorry, Dylan McCaffrey – you're going to not start. And then you put this guy in and this is what we get. I'm just like, what are you, what have you been doing for two years? I, I agree with that take. I agree yeah. with that. Take. I was going to say to that point, I'm with you to that point. I'm with you. If, if that, if that's the case and they're, you know, they're like, well, shit, his accuracy still is a problem. McCaffrey should have been the guy or McNamara should have been the guy. Right. I mean, that, like, that makes no it. sense. Yeah. How my question how bad was Dylan McCaffrey if he wasn't going to win the starting job here? Right. I don't even think it was. It had to have been some sort of favoritism, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is because we saw McCaffrey. We've seen McCaffrey. We saw him enough to know what we we're going to get out of him. He's not and it was much better than what we saw. What we saw the first three games out of Milton. And again, I love the guy. I think he's super talented. But I just don't. He just doesn't. There's something missing. 
And McCaffrey, I think Michigan would have been a better team under McCaffrey right now. How 100%. have you not been working on accuracy like hardcore every day. for two years? People work on accuracy all the time. Pitchers, QBs, people shooting rifles and arrows. You can improve your accuracy. How You mean to tell me that this Joe Milton is that much better than Joe Milton as a freshman? We're not – we're not even asking him to what? throw a dime there. It's that's got to be the easiest pass ever, man. It's how many times have we have I have you all thrown that pass in the backyard? Like we're not was, asking him to throw it into a bucket. We're asking him to throw it into a big ass fucking swimming pool. Exactly. Dude, I'm just like the inability to to put touch on the ball downfield. It's it's inexcusable to me. And that's and why it has to be the number one guy moving forward in my exactly. in my in my yeah. head. And Valari season, baby. <laughs> hey, my boy. If we if we some, time. if we somehow see he did get some camera time. <laughs> if, if we somehow see like D- Dan Valari getting a real PT this year, I'm gonna go fucking nuts. I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna go nuts, dude. <laughs> I dude. think we're not far away, man. We really we're are. We're really like, not. First rounder. <laughs> how how would you uh, like? That's it's so unexplainable. Like thinking back to those podcasts uh, when we were talking about him, like obviously joking and sarcastic, and now we're like actually here where he's like <laughs> one play away from actually being the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean seriously, you think they'd put Joe back in if Kate got hurt? Legitimately, Probably. do you think? I don't. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, like, yeah. fuck it. Why not just? Throw whoever out. At this point, I'm like, at this point, if I'm the coaching staff, you have to just be like, every single position is up for grabs. Hundred percent. If you don't, if you don't show out this week in practice, you're done. I'm sitting you. I'll play any fucking freshman that has never touched the field before, and just see what ha- what happens. Because yeah. what what do you have to lose? It's fucking Rutgers. We're probably gonna be like favored to lose. I was uh, just I was gonna send out a tweet this morning, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. But I'm, I mean, do you think Rutgers might be favored next week? I mean, these are two I, bad teams, right? Like, uh, so the only they were playing really well, but they lost to Illinois this week. I know, yeah, god awful. Yeah. So if they were, if they would have came out and beat Illinois like I thought they would, um, then yes, I do think it would either it would either be like Michigan minus like two or three or something, or Rutgers like I don't know, um. I, I, dude, that's gonna be so embarrassing. That line coming out. Um, if Rutgers is favored, <laughs> I mean, it'll be a single-digit line, no matter no matter which way it goes. That's the crazy thing. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought? And the worst part is that game is fucking 7:30 again. It's we're on prime time again for that game. We can't even like get a noon game where we people just get just it over with. <laughs> yeah, get it over with, like. Oh my God, it's so brutal. I I got a I got a good question because we've just we're now you know we're 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 ranting. Just rambling, yeah. <laughs> which whatever. But um, why does it, so Rick the Rick three seven four five on Twitter asked us why does there seem to be no consequences for mistakes made on the field, drops, penalties, etc. Play guys that want to be out there and play smart. Do you agree with that, or and do you have a response? I mean, I think it goes back to what Kalen said earlier, right? It's holding your team accountable. Hold the guys accountable. If you're not holding the guys accountable, then 
They're just going to continue to make mistakes and know that they're going to play. It's a fucking joke. It's a, it's, it's something, like I said, I don't want to put it all on Harbaugh, but ultimately it comes down to him. It starts at the top. If you don't have leadership and you don't have somebody holding you accountable, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, maybe there's like one or two examples where like, you know, Eric all dropped something and then they put in Eubanks, but I mean, I, I don't know. But then Eubanks drops it. So I understand yeah. that part where they're like, okay, we can put in other guys, but they're all going to suck. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, they're probably feeling pretty fucking helpless at this point. Um, but also like I go back and this, this may have been a myth, but like growing up when Michigan had Jason Avant, Mario Manningham, Braylon Edwards, like those stud receivers, the, the whole, I remember people saying like, at Michigan in practice, if you drop a, if you drop a ball, you have to like run a mile or something like that. Maybe it was a myth, but that was the standard. Like that that was the the case. The accountability of Lloyd Carr and Bo Schembechler and all the you know Gary Moeller. Like it was to that level where like if you drop the football, then you're running and it's and you will be taken out. If you have a false start on the offensive line, pulled immediately. And you will get a new guy in there and you can come back the next series after you sit down and think about what you did. And yeah. And even if and, and to that point, even if you don't have depth, then whatever, put them on the sideline. Who cares? This is what you just did to your team. And I want you to watch it. Exactly. You and yeah, you watch that next guy come in there, get absolutely blown up and yeah. a sack comes and you uh, and, and seriously, yeah. I'll take that sack so that you know that what you just did is unacceptable. You're fucking your team. Yep. Yeah. Not and so when, when, when this shit, it, like last week against Indiana, not once did any of those guys that jumped off sides get benched. None. There's no consequences. It's, it's pat on the back, do better next time, buddy. And, and we're to that point where it's just like fucking like, I don't want to be this guy, but like, it's like participation trophies. It's like the snowflakes. It's like the, like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it seem that way though. Like, it's like, it we're just happy to be out there, you know? And if things don't go our way, well, you know what? There's a game next week and, and we'll try and do better. Uh, instead of just not being accountable and, and saying, guys, this is unacceptable what's happening right now. And that's something too. I mean, college football, it's not that type of game. You can't just let things slide like that. You lose one game, you're out of the playoff picture, pretty much, especially in the, you know, in the Big Ten. And if you can't beat Ohio State in the NFL, you know, it's a little bit different. And at least they're getting on their guys. But they have, there's 16 teams going to the playoff and they're out of 32 teams. I mean, you can be middle of the road and make the fucking playoff in, in the NFL. In college, you got to be a top four team. You can't sh- let shit like that slide. And if you do, it's just going to continue to grow and grow and fester and not just be taken care of. And then that's how you end up in this position, man. Accountability. I mean, that's the, you guys nailed it on the head, man. That's that's the biggest thing that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, I was kind of I was laughing because I was telling Steph earlier. I feel like this season I've been going through the seven stages of grief, right? Like we lost to MSU, and I was like in denial, like this can't happen. And then we lost to Indiana, and I'm like guilty, like what 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 did we do? What did I do, right? <laughs> and now we've just had this debacle against Wisconsin, and I'm just angry. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really funny that you say that because last night Jacqueline texted me at eight seventeen, so it was probably like the second quarter or something, 
and she said, hi, are you doing okay? <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm fine. I don't care anymore. She said, that's the fifth phase of depression. <laughs> so yeah, we're all in the same boat, dude. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's brutal. And, and you know, what's frustrating to me is hearing Joel Klatt and Kirk Herbstreit last night that are just like, dumbfounded they don't have the answers nobody understands like obviously we don't have the answers i i recorded with spath this morning he doesn't have the answers nobody knows what the fuck is going on and that's like if there was like a couple things you could pinpoint and be like i think that you know if we improve this michigan could be in a position to win a bunch of football games i'd be like all right i can deal with that let's make a few changes at this point, you just have to blow the whole thing up because nobody <laughs> fucking has a clue what's going on. Yeah, and and I mean, going back to Urban Meyer's kind of rant, he he said there's not, and he, he said it about the coaches as well. He's like, there's no bad coaches and there's no bad players. Either there's a lack of trust, a lack of uh, accountability, or something else. I mean, these are good players, guys. They're good athletes. They came to Michigan for a reason, and they got that opportunity for a reason. Get rid of the coach. I'm sorry, Don Brown. I mean, you're you're still a good coach, but you're not doing it well at Michigan. And let somebody else get in there. These there's still athletes on the field, and they can make plays. But something's got to change. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, you you have like, uh, there I I'm so scared that no changes are going to be made though, aren't you? <laughs> the, aren't you the aren't sad you, thing the sad thing is that now I actually have a little bit of hope for at least Rutgers, because I think McNamara is going to get the start and he's going to get an opportunity. And he showed, I mean, he showed some talent last night. So I, like, that's the thing that's sad for me is I still have hope. So I'm ready to be hurt again. Like, did, I, did you guys, that's the worst part. Did you You're guys a fucking moron? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm just waiting for Dan Villar to get in, man. Start that Heisman campaign. <laughs> Oh, man. Did you guys feel like uh, Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> and Chris Fowler were just like at a roast? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm gonna new, make that new our that our new um logo for Blue by Ninety is right there. <laughs> Dude, they were just talking so much shit. I felt like <laughs> when the cameraman zoomed in on the kid doing the surrender cobra, yeah. I was like, what? Why do we even put that in here, man? Come on. I I couldn't agree more. Like that. I mean, how did they allow that in the stadium? I, I, I've been talking to Jacqueline. It's her fault, obviously. 100% her fault. Apparently somebody bought it. I'm like, you can say no. You know, yeah. you can say no. Yeah, it's not like I can send a dick pic in and fucking, like, pay 75 bucks and get it out of the camp. They're going to be like, sorry, we can't allow this in here, you know? Exactly. Oh, like, bro, at that point, you're roasting yourself. You're setting yourself up for the jokes. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, Herb Street and Fowler last night were just like, in the second half, it was just like, ah, everybody, look how bad Michigan is. Like, Dude, they were running out of shit to talk about. They were just going like, uh, look at Kyle Trask at Florida. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, oh, I mean, they had no – again, Herb Street was just like, I can't believe this is Michigan, and we're in Michigan Stadium right now watching this team. And so I'll, let's, let's end it with, with this. Um, well, actually, I have two two things. First of all, was tell me how. And this, we're gonna just keep ranting, I guess, about the coaching staff and about the preparation. But like, tell me how 
Wisconsin, who hasn't fucking practiced in, in, you know, however many weeks. Graham Mertz didn't even know what he was playing, you know, all this stuff. And they haven't played since, what, what's the date? Probably like October 20, October 17th. Is that opening was? weekend? Whatever opening weekend was. 24th. October 24th. 24th? Uh, 23rd, because they played on a Friday. That's right. October, they have not, they have not played since October 23rd. And they still came out so crisp like they had been like just rolling and Michigan looked like they hadn't played since last year. How culture, does that man. how does that happen when it's actually the opposite? Culture. Program culture. I've said 100%. Nobody fucking wanted to be there on Michigan's team last night. Nope. Nobody. I didn't want to watch it. I don't blame them. like <laughs> I don't blame you. I would I would uh Fuck, man. All right, so I'll end it with this question because I saw this on Twitter last night, and I think it's it's a it's a crazy, crazy question, but it's very valid. <laughs> if Jim Harbaugh is gone at the end of this year, does he leave Michigan's program in a better spot than when he got here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least there was some – resemblance of winning right i mean he he won he averaged what nine ten wins a year better than fucking five that is a great question honestly because i i think it you it is easy to get caught up in like recent you know mediocrity this year but jack's 100 percent right i mean we are have at least been semi-competitive on a national level, right? I mean, we've been in the top 15. We've been in the top three since Harbaugh's been here. So I, I think he's leaving it in a better place than where it was when he arrived. And also, when we look at coaching changes, at least, at least the last two, Brady Hoke's first year, clearly there needed to be a culture change from Rich Rod to Brady Hoke. The team goes 11-2 and two and wins a BCS bowl game. Harbaugh's first year, you know, Brady Hoke must've been burnt out. Something wasn't working culture change. They go, they get 10 wins and, you know, win a bowl game. Maybe it's the same thing. I mean, and, and, and at least there's the talent levels at a better place than when I think, um, or probably pretty similar to when Harbaugh got there just based off of some of the Brady recruits Hoke that Hoke got. Good ass talent, yeah, yeah. He had some good talent. So, I mean, it could be a thing where it's like a culture change. You bring in the right guy, get the team motivated, get the team built around him and, they have a good year next year. Maybe that's all it takes. I I think I agree with you guys. I think he does leave it in a better in a better spot. But like the fact that we're even asking that question is fucking yeah. wild, dude. Yeah. Fucking wild. Cause I mean, he's paid seven like I hate to keep going back to like how much he's paid, but like he's paid seven million dollars a year, eight million dollars a year, whatever. Like he was his the whole point, he was a home run hire. Yeah. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. There was no better hire. And and I still believe that at the time. Like, it's not like they shouldn't have hired him, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it still was the most obvious choice ever. And they, they should have paid him what he did. And it just hasn't worked out. But, like, it, it's just the fact that we're going to compare Jim Harbaugh in year six in 2020 to Brady Hoke in year five is, like, the fact that the comparison's even close is fucking wild. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you want to leave it at that? I'm fucking depressed. Basketball yeah. season starts in two weeks or something. So God, I can't fucking wait. We're a basketball that. school. You would, you know what? Basketball school, the football problem. Yeah. Number one class. It's Number one class in the country. Hockey. Hockey just won eight to one yesterday, and they play Arizona State again tonight. So yeah, we're a hockey school too. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna have to get some hockey people on here. Bring the bring the morale up around this uh, podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I should, let's talk should we just like start talking about like our our hobbies or like um <laughs> favorite movies? Uh, I could I could always use some good movie recommendations. Yeah, I need to talk about something else, otherwise I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. <laughs> Sorry, that's a good way to end it here. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna actually hang myself, I promise, guys. So that's how he's gonna do it too. Holy crap. I've already got it planned out. <laughs> Dude, it's only ten thirty in the morning. This is way too early to be I know. going I'm, that dark. I'm sitting here with a headache and it's like half from uh the beer last night and half from just talking about Michigan football and thinking about it. So um it's hey the sun came up it's uh it's sunday it's the it's like the shittiest day ever out too which is just like every everything just keeps coming up us you know everything is is uh just like pouring down on us so um follow us at blue by 90 on twitter instagram and facebook at blue by 90 podcast on youtube and uh yeah we'll uh we'll have some some other guests hopefully here coming up um to and and we'll try and liven it up a little bit we can we can pivot here and you know fuck michigan football we can just like figure out how to be entertaining on here because i i feel like we're pretty funny sometimes i I just i just like pictured when you said pivot just like ross and friends pivot pivot (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll we'll figure it out i i We'll figure out our podcast before Michigan football figures out how to win a fucking football game. So. Ooh. <laughs> Hot take. So yeah, let's go with the let's go with the zero to ninety. Kalen, you want to start us off, or or uh, or do you want to end it? I mean, I'll go first if you want. I'll, like right. I said, flaming hot. Love it. All right, Kalen, your zero to ninety starts now. All right, cradle of quarterbacks: Ohio State, Justin Fields, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Joe Burrow, right? We know that they can develop quarterbacks even if you're not even starting. So Joe Milton didn't work out at Michigan. Transfer to Ohio State. Even if you don't start, they will teach you to be a good quarterback. And then you can wait in the wings for your chance to start, come out, and beat Michigan by 1,000. That's not even a hot take. That's just correct. Facts. Just big (laughs) facts there. Big facts. Facts no printer. Like, I mean (laughs) – if you're J, uh, if you're JJ McCarthy, what the fuck are you thinking right now? Like, uh, there's if I'm him, I'm like, hey, I, hey, mom, dad, I don't think I should go to Michigan because they <laughs> literally suck so bad and they've never had a good quarterback. I mean, I Chad think, fucking Henny. I think JJ McCarthy legitimately believes he can be the savior of Michigan football. I think it's a legitimate legitimate belief that he has. Maybe Otherwise, that's... why would he be coming? Maybe Why that's the level of positivity we need. I, that's I have so no true. idea. So true. Like, if Donovan Edwards has that same th- thought, that'd be fucking sick. Yeah. So, <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right, Jack, you ready? You got something for us? Sure. I'll throw something <laughs> together. I got I, – I, yeah, let's, let's get it rolling. <laughs> All right. Jack, your 0 to 90 starts now. 
I don't know if this is much, as much of a hot take or if it's just facts, but somebody needs to be gone before next game. Somebody needs to be gone tomorrow fucking morning to give this team some sort of hope for the remainder of the season. I I agree. I How do you not? How do you walk into next week and say everybody in this building gives us the best chance to win a football game on Saturday? I mean, you I don't even have confidence we can beat Rutgers. How, how is the team going to have confidence they can even beat a fucking Rutgers team if nothing changes? It, it, you can't. You, you can't. You can't. So. All right. Here's the real challenge, Ro. Your 0 to 90 has to be happy. Oof. Oof. Good All luck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have to be. I don't care. You could You could just sign off and kick us all out if you want. <laughs> just end the, end the podcast right there. Your zero to 90 starts now. Click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I got nothing fucking positive. I'm literally trying to wrap my brain and think of something. I got nothing. I mean, I can talk uh, about basketball. So, all right, go for it. All right, Ro, your zero to 90 starts now. All right. Basketball, actually, I'll I'll talk positive about basketball because we have basketball's in a position where they are not expected to be very good by a lot of people out there, like ESPN and everybody else. They have them like ranked uh, fifth or sixth in the Big Ten. So basketball has the chance to exceed expectations, which is something we've never seen the football team do before. Um, so there's a chance where. We have going into the season, people are very excited about Michigan basketball, but the expectations are kind of like middle of the pack still. So if Franz Wagner is, he's six foot 10 now. He literally grew two inches over the, at 19 years old, he grew two inches, which is, I don't know how that works, like with the human body and anatomy, uh, but it's pretty cool. Um, so, so if him, if he's as good as advertised where he's actually better than Isaiah Livers, uh, and I'm going to – you can't stop me from talking. I'm going to go past, like, 90 seconds, whatever here. Please, God. Uh, if they're as good as they as advertised, if Hunter Dickinson's a stud, like, they have a chance to to exceed expectations and actually compete in a, in a league where every single the, – the winning the, – the Big Ten champ is probably going to have, like, four or five losses on the year in the Big Ten. They're, everyone's going to beat up on each other. So they got a chance to come out and surprise people. Um, and it would be sick if they did. So um, – I'm at this point, the basketball team has to, uh, I don't want to put it all on them, but like for us to be happy and about Michigan athletics at all, this basketball team has a lot of pressure on them. So, but I think that they can do it. I think in recent memory, they've always, they've always exceeded expectations. So I'm, I'm with that. I love the positivity. Got me feeling good at the end of this episode. Love it. Love it. Things are looking up for Michigan here. All right. to go. I, you can follow us. I already said it. Uh, follow us. On, well, at least on Twitter, like I promise you, it'll be funny. You know? Oh yeah. It's not. It's not gonna be. A, well, it'll be depressing a little bit because I'll just call out like how the stats that are so bad and probably some uh, some film on there on my own Twitter and Blue by ninety two. But like, we'll at least make memes and and gifs and stuff like that. So you can follow us on there. That'll be fun. So. All right. Um, I'll, we'll talk to you later this week. I think we'll we'll try to have a guest or something on. We'll try to do something different and, and have some fun. So see you guys all next week. Are we Cave saying, season. Cave, Cave season. season. Dan Valari season. Go That's blue. right.
Luke Fickle season, Matt Campbell season, <laughs> Urban Meyer season. 